0: I think to what we believe to be true about how generous we have to be with our body it's like no it's yours first your sexuality your body who you are in whatever mode you're in is you like you're a sovereign solo person you don't have to share anything with your partner even if you're married mm. yeah like never ever
1: welcome to the genius unleashed podcast with carly marie this is where we have potent conversations all around the idea of unleashing the genius within you, within me, within your clients, and within the next generation. Enjoy. Hello, we have Tamika Wilder here. I'm so excited about this chat. Welcome to the Genius Unleashed podcast. Thank you
0: for having me on.
1: We've known each other a long time and had some really great conversations. And conversation with you is always potent and just really super cool so I'm excited to see where this goes and we've been meaning to have this chat for ages around soul modes and sexuality sex mm-hmm. sexual energy and this could go anywhere but let's get straight it go anywhere. <laughs> so you're a sex coach I am. and having experienced your work personally can say like top notch <laughs> You do some really beautiful and important work. And so, and you, you also, you read my book, you discovered my work, we've discovered each other's work and gone, okay, there's a really cool little intersecting point here. So maybe let's talk to that a little bit. When you came across Soul Modes, what what did you think? Like Initially,
0: I was like, oh, this is a cute little framework to help describe where you're at when you, you know, your period, like your cycle, right? Mm. And this one, I had like this high level, well, not even, there's no understanding of it. And then as I got deeper, I realised that you were finding ways to actually really pick apart the psyche of parts of the feminine that don't always belong and are not always accepted or acknowledged in our modern world. Mm -hmm. And that for me is super powerful and important because as someone who identifies as a woman, <clears throat> i know those moments in the world where we are labeled as all sorts of things like you know crazy and unruly and oh, too much and inconsistent <laughs> and i'm like i think that soul modes helps us lean into the truth of all of that and then go yeah i'm not i'm not consistent I am wild, I am unruly and I'm totally allowed and I'm too much and this is why I'm magic. So mm, when I was then able to apply that to sexuality, I'm like there's a huge chunk of our human condition that a lot of people find it very difficult to land and ground and fully own, just like one of the modes, right? I feel like everybody has a mode that it's like, oh, this is the one I'm always in, but this one's really hard for me. Do you ever find that?
1: Absolutely, yeah. There's some people like, oh yeah, I see my wild mode. I see her, no worries. That comes really naturally to me. But, you know, I don't think sparkle mode really happens. I don't think I have a sparkle mode, right? And Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's just they it turns out often you know after inquiring a little bit deeper sometimes it's just that they they sort of their identity says that that's not a part of them that either being affectionate or present or you know any of the things that we can typically put under the sparkle mode banner they're like well those things don't come naturally to me so they sort of just don't naturally do them so it's really it's a beautiful gift to help someone open up that part of themselves so yes absolutely for sure
0: Mm, yeah and so yeah, sexuality is the same. It's like to come into ownership of that part of us and then layer that into each of the modes, I think there's some real magic there.
1: Yeah, totally. So I've noticed that when there's a, a really cool YouTube video by John Wineland where he talks about range and about how it's, it's called What What Men Crave is the name of the video. And he talks about range. And I love that that the modes take me through this kind of range to different places of I'm want to, I, I want to be in control or I want to hand over control or I want to be loud or I want this to be quiet and slow and soft. Or I, I kind of love that, that that it means that there's naturally these different places that I go when I'm being intimate with somebody
0: yeah
1: and that they get to experience all these different parts of me and that I get to experience all these different parts of me. What I have discovered is that I can find it really, I guess, some of the modes are harder for me to be intimate and to bring those parts because of stories I tell myself. Yeah. Like letting that wild woman out in the bedroom. That's Absolutely. been a you challenge know, outside the bedroom as well. But, you know, in an intimate yeah. setting, in a sexual setting like that. And then in bare where I'm just like, oh i'm so too much insecurity is coming up right now i can't even go there yeah i'd love to know what's the stuff that you see playing out as challenges for let's say women those mm. that identify as women or feminine core people as they move through the modes around their sexuality
0: mm. i can relate to this range piece a lot actually i talk about range a lot And about how important it is if we want to be in full human expression, that we can love and accept and fall in love with each of those aspects, right? And the bit around identity. It is some belief that we hold to be true that stops us from accessing the truth of the moment in sexual space. So if we are in wild and you have the belief that it's too much, you're too loud, you're too crazy, you're too slutty, it's too overwhelming, he won't like it, they won't like it, whatever it is. That's the belief that will just sit there instead and the, the, you'll dial yourself down to a palatable, acceptable version. And what we're what you're doing with the modes is going accept each aspect, like, befriend it understand it get to know her give her a big cuddle and then walk with her in the world so learning to walk with her in your sexual world is like the next invitation. So yeah, I see lots of the head chatter, people having a mismatch in who they really want to be and who their partner thinks that they are. So Mm. it's like, no, I'm, I'm this, I'm that, I'm quiet. I talk like this. I walk like this. I dress like this. This is how I, you know, do everything. And we make all of these decisions about who we are and then we are trapped. And then if you try and wiggle out of it, it's like, babe what are you doing or you don't do that or you don't like that or blah, blah, blah. we love to think that we know every fucking thing about each other and that squashes any ability to break the mold and do something different and run that full spectrum get that full range of sexual expression it requires us to allow our identity to die and for us to change and evolve sometimes day to day moment to moment just like the modes yeah
1: Something I've found massively challenging and you and I have talked about it before is asking for what I want Mm -hmm. and sort of I think maybe telling myself a story over the years that I almost shouldn't have to or something and then it's up to my partner to just kind of figure it out. But when we know we move through the modes, like it makes perfect sense. They sort of need a hit for a number of reasons. It's really helpful for them to hear what you want. But also like when I'm in sparkle mode, I want I want gentle. I want to be like cherished. I want, you know, neck kisses in wild mode. I'm like, oh god, no! Push me up against a wall, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I want different. And so it's so interesting to see how that plays out when I have been and still, it's still a, a thing that I'm working through is being willing to go. I want it like
0: this, yeah.
1: And like, yeah, it's been really helpful for me to see why that why that is so helpful for him to hear it. and he's gotten he's actually gotten pretty good at reading my mode now Mm -hmm. and I think this is why having the conversation with the modes with the person or the people that you are sexually intimate with totally it's working really helpful like give them the book (laughs) because I'm like my wild woman wants this my sparkly part wants this if I'm wearing a floral dress go for the neck kisses if I'm in Mm -hmm. leopard print grab my hands behind my back right (laughs)
0: Seriously, so so good. It's true. It's like we we if we've gotten and familiar enough with the modes to go, okay, babe, like when I'm like this, this is what I need in the house, or I need you to cook dinner, or I need you to make sure that you pick up the kids or whatever it is. Mm. So yeah, doing that with your sex life is like next level. And we know that the people that we're in intimate relationship with, they want to know how they can do good. They want you to go that was amazing they're like yes and especially the masculine loves to like know how to get it right and they'll remember they'll be like all right she said she likes this i'm gonna do that again and they're very trainable i reckon they're very coachable a lot of our lovers well
1: yeah okay. so but then it's the modes on another layer right like it's like well okay she likes this she likes that but then if they don't understand that yeah but in bear mode i don't though <laughs> Like, don't try that in bear mode. What do we do about bear mode and sex?
0: Mm. So, what I understand about bear mode is that there's lots of introspection, lots of upgrading, lots of taking stock. It's like quite spiritual. And so, that for me is all about self pleasure, mm. it's all about self sex, solo sex. Yeah. Okay. Slowness. Yeah. Because in every, you know, I don't think that sex is just about like the relational space and it's not just in partnership. It's actually like a whole way of being that a lot of the time can have nothing to do with a partner and I think bear mode is the perfect time to give yourself erotic, nourishing, self-touch in ways that you, you wouldn't if you continue to outsell your pleasure to your partner. Oh,
1: wow, that's really cool because if Someone who, for instance, there was a time when I told myself all sorts of stories around how, you know, that's bad, shouldn't be doing that all the time. That's a bit of a once in a while thing and it's kind of naughty and all of that. I mean, naughty can be fun, but, you know, I was kind of making it bad. Mm -hmm. And then so in bear mode when we're potentially already having a bit of a self-doubt shitstorm to then go, I'm going to do this thing that I've got all this stigma or shame attached around there's maybe some really beautiful work for people to do there Absolutely. around just, it's just
0: self love, self love. Yeah. It's nourishing. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that type of touch for our nervous system is amazing, you know, to really help us de-stress really present sensate Touch on the skin, so just like really following the threads of your own self connection, and not having an outcome like orgasm or not even necessarily genitally focused touch, but just solo sex self nurture. That is bare for me, hundred percent. Mm. And you know, it could be after you've had some of that solo time with yourself, then being able to invite a partner to gentle things like undressing rituals or witnessing one another, like candles even emotionality like the emo- allowing loads of your emotion into an erotic space can be something that you can progress toward which is super connective and beautiful
1: yeah yeah i know that it's been really helpful for me with darren to not take it as rejection if i'm not interested yeah in, you know I'm in what we did last night i might be like nah not tonight yeah and it's been really helpful to be like, oh, she's just in bear mode. Okay. She's come down in like a hoodie <laughs> yeah, yeah. after a shower. So I'm going to know that it's not rejection if she's not interested because that can be a real thing, in a yeah. in a marriage, in a relationship. I know it's it's been a thing for us that we've had to not make it mean something if yeah. someone's not up for
0: it. That's it. And it's going back, I think, to what we believe to be true about how much, how generous we have to be with our body. It's like, no, it's yours first, your sexuality, your body, who you are in whatever mode you're in is you. Like you're a sovereign solo person. You don't have to share anything with your partner, even if you're married. Mm.
1: Yeah.
0: Like never, ever.
1: Yeah can feel like obligation at times or I uh, I need to do this so that he stays or something like that.
0: Oh, so much of that. So many people I talk to. And it's so sneaky. Even those in the most amazing relationships, super confident powerhouse women, whoever it is, it's like there are sneaky, sneaky beliefs that just pop in like, fuck, I better please. I better.
1: Mm. Mm. Yep. Yep. Be a good girl.
0: Be a good girl. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> i talk about that a fair bit in, in my book that is being printed on friday <gasps> oh and I'm pre-sales are okay. releasing very soon
1: all right, so check the show notes. I'm going to put some links to all of that stuff, so we can go find that because that will be so good. I'm really looking forward to that. I know that my healing journey, let's say over the last few years of going through a really challenging time in my life, my marriage broke down. A huge part of my healing that I don't think I've spoken about a lot, but was working with sexual energy and kind of loving myself in that way and finding, being really unapologetic especially for a period of time there just soon after my marriage broke down, being really unapologetic and going, I am going to talk about what I want. I am not going to settle for, yep. you know, feeling like I have to sacrifice that in order to stay in a relationship. Like it's going to be different the next time kind of thing. Yep. And so I'd love to chat a little bit about like sexual energy, because one of the things I learned is that like it's fuel, like sexual energy is fuel. We can walk down the street with, with that stuff coursing through us. And, it's really quite energising, enlivening, opening. Yeah. It's
0: because life.
1: It's life, right? Mental energy is
0: life. That's why people in you know, spiritual spaces or whatever, it's like life force energy. Eros means life. It's aliveness. It's the pulse. It's the current of our <laughs> life that wants to course through us and wants to gift us. It's like the turn-on. People talk about turn-on like as if it's like specific to genitals or orgasm or arousal, and it's not. What you're describing is you decided to be turned on by life. Yeah. And from that place, you can do anything. When you decide ferociously and unapologetically that you are going to allow your sexual energy to gift you, you're like, oh, great, I'm turned on to life. You don't tolerate bullshit from that space. You don't like, you know... (laughs) Yeah, everything levels up when you allow your sexual energy to to be the gift that it was intended to be. If you think about how we arrived here and how we were created, like the creative spark that had to occur to bring your, your physicality into being, it's all from sexual energy. So the fact that there are so many systems and structures in our culture that want to rob us of that and take it back and, you know, tell us that we're wrong or bad or naughty for doing that, that's really one of the most powerful evils, I think, that exists in our culture.
1: Yeah.
0: Take your life back. Take your sex back. Claim it. Use it.
1: (laughs) Yeah amen to that and know that it's going to feel different on different days some days it's going to sometimes you know i shift through all four modes in a day i know a lot of people do right so like some days it's gonna that that life force energy it's going to feel sparkly and some days it's going to feel really wild and it's going to feel like fire and other days for me super mode it's interesting how super mode plays out because I get what well, I guess the way some people might describe it is I sort of get in my masculine a little bit more. Yeah. I get very, it's an independent vibe. I'm sort of stoic and I'm level-headed and yeah. black and white and it's not emotion, but that can still feel powerful. I remember one day I was in super mode and Darren said, there's a spark in your eye. Mm. Like it's powerful. And he's like, and that's hot, right? Because he he can kind of, he's big enough to meet that. Yeah. And as, some people would find that maybe intimidating. And so that can be interesting to see how that plays out for people. And then in bear mode, is different. It's it's softer, and I love the way you describe that. It's it's mine. Yeah, it's, it's not being projected out to the world. It's not for everybody when I'm in bear mode. It's just mine. Yeah, that's really cool. It's really permission giving. I like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think that's why it is so important that self pleasure and self nurture exists potentially throughout all of the modes in some way. If we do want to keep really tethered to this pulse of aliveness, then the practice of making sure that all of our pleasure isn't completely hinging on our relationship or another person is is a cool invitation you know Mm. and it also helps you take the responsibility out of your partner and like yeah keep yourself responsible for your own pleasure and your your own sexual experience because that um is something we all need to learn
1: Mm
0: -hmm. yeah yeah
1: man so cool so having those conversations right you talk a lot about you know having like just being really open and having really open and honest conversations yeah. with anyone that you're either being intimate with or potentially. And that's can be really hard. Yes. Would you say that there's anyone someone can do with, like, working with the modes? Like, is it maybe, you know, in super mode when we can feel a little bit more... I don't know, resilient or tough or something like that to have those conversations? Or what what tips do you give someone who's like, I don't know how to have those conversations?
0: Yeah, I think that the convos, it's like self-pleasure. The convos need to be able to exist in any mode because actually in bear, when there's super vulnerability, like lots of vulnerability and softness Mm -hmm. and insecurity, communicating that from that place is super important. Mm -hmm. You know, from super, you might be doing more organisational stuff, like setting up a scene or you're like, right, I'm going to go to the sex shop today and this is what I want to do. And, you know, you're actually planning. Because, yeah, like
1: kind of leading.
0: Yeah, leading, planning, because that's important too, like intentional about our, our sex plans. Anyway, so we could chat about that for a whole hour. But, yeah, so my advice around that is like each mode needs to have her, their own voice. Mm. I mean, I would even like journal in each of them and go, okay, here. What are the things that she says here? What are the things that she asks for here? Yeah. Instead of just deciding that one mode is where you communicate from. Because that's like, yeah.
1: That's a really cool point to like actually have that inquiry with yourself first. I think I think I've gone to sort of go, okay, I need to have a conversation about what I want before I've actually had that conversation with myself at all and she yeah. needs myself. That's that's really helpful asking mm-hmm. each one of them what she wants yeah. um and the identity piece is so big because i know that in sparkle particularly sparkle and wild which is probably where i desire like sexual okay. intimacy yeah. the most it's when it feels most fueling to me or as super is like oh i'm busy i can go without it it's it's yeah, yeah, yeah. leave me alone right so in those in those modes is where i most want to be led yes. like And, uh, you know, I said to Darren recently, I came downstairs and I was like, I'm really in the mood to be told what to do. He's like, okay, it was all he needed was that permission, I give you consent to take it from here kind of thing. And it was beautiful. And we have these beautiful encounters when I kind of, you know, ask for that. But it's interesting that in super mode, I don't do that because I'm a bit like, don't tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. And because I have the identity that I like to be told what to do, I like to be led. I'm submissive. Right, that's yeah. my identity. I don't explore what is my super want? I don't go, hmm, what would happen if I was to lead? And he would probably love to switch it up a bit like that, totally. right? Totally, but I even gone there. I so- was
0: going to say, super mode is like dumb. <laughs> like you can be like dominant force. Yeah, the dominant creative force in super mode is like wow. Imagine curating like a big fun powerful scene where you are the leader
1: oh see and my identity goes no but Carly that's not you and it's exactly what you spoke about just before where we build this little identity this little box it's like you're not allowed to be outside of that and then it's just stifling we just miss out right
0: yeah and again maybe then and this is for anyone listening like if you don't know who she is in super or you don't feel comfortable that your partner might even like you to kind of lead, then are there moments that you can find in by yourself that you're leading yourself into something new or you're like, you know, uh, leading an aspect of yourself <laughs> that you haven't inquired about before, you know, like get real contact with who you are in that mode sexually before then expecting yourself to know how to then go and lead a partner. Because that's where you cultivate the confidence first with you. And then it's like, cool, I found all this cool information. Would you like to taste some of this, babe?
1: The The wild woman piece. I want to circle back around to that because I think it's important. I think for a lot of people, we have our wild women locked up in a box. Society told us she's not okay. Don't let her out. Yep. And then we start to feel kind of suffocated, stifled. And And for me, when I'm doing that in the past, when I've done that more than I do now, I end up just really angry. Totally. It, right because yep. it's like putting a lion in a cage right yep. you're going to break its spirit or it's going to tear your throat out so it's a bit like that so I think a big part of my sexual journey has been about letting my wild woman out yes and I've still got a long way to go but I remember having a conversation with you way back when and when we first started talking about this and you gave me some kind of tips and things and I think it'd be cool to to riff that out a little bit too, you know, you spoke about like allowing yourself to, I remember you said to me, let yourself make an ugly face. Yeah. yeah bleh, right. And I was like, no, I'm no. not doing that. and yeah. I was surprised how hard
0: that was. Yes. Yeah, totally. There's like the ugly, the dirty, the dark, the ravenous, the, the blood, the sweat, the cum, the earth, the mm-hmm. dirt, like all of that, the clay, the muck, We are so clean and tidy Mm. and neat and, like, domesticated, actually. So it's like a rewilding of the whole spirit that can come forward when you, yeah, I mean, I go so far with this. This is, like, one of my favorite. You can see what's happening on my So I'm trying to chunk it down to, like, someone who's never met their wild woman before. Yeah. (laughs) You know, get in the dirt. That's the first place I would start. Like, Like literally. Literally. In nature, she will come to you when you get into nature. Wow. Yeah, that's like the first place I would go. Into the earth, take your feet off and actually feel what it's like to be yeah connected mm. to our natural environment. That's where she lives. And I say soil and dark and damp because it's, yeah, a lot of that wild nature is in the, the underground, like it's mm. under. It's mm. just not up high in the... You know, airy fairy realms. She's really, really earthed.
1: So different to sparkle mode, right? Like sparkle yeah. mode to the, the up in the stars, the yeah. the floaty. Yeah. Whereas the wild, it's it's something else. And I yeah. just love that this shows us, as you said, this little framework. It just shows us that. All of these parts are in us and we can find them and embrace them. And we don't have to look at other women going, oh, she's she's so this or that, she's so wild, she's so connected to the earth. I'm not that, I could never be that.
0: We like are all that. We are that. Like, mm-hmm. we are all of them. Mm. There's no denying it. Like we just need to play in all of them. Far out. <laughs> <All and beyond. laughs> you know? These are the things that turns me on to life. It's like this is it. This is what we're here for. Yeah.
1: We need to be having these conversations, right?
0: Yes, absolutely. And giving permission. It's like, yeah, permission to one another to play in this realm I think is important. Because when we look at the person next to us, like, oh, why are you doing that? Or, oh, my God, I can't believe she's talking about sex now. Or, oh, what do you mean? You never used to do that. It's the same thing we do to each other as we can do inside of our partnerships. It's like just keep handing out permission slips to each other. We're allowed. You're allowed, you're allowed, you're allowed.
1: I think sometimes it can be fear that, like, if I let all those parts out of me, maybe you've been in a relationship a long time, right? In a hetero relationship. And so... Uh, it's like, I think there's been fear that if I let all those parts out of me, he might not like all those parts.
0: Yeah, right? he might not. And mm. then what? Yeah. And so what?
1: <laughs> I think that's what a lot of people like, yeah, what if? It's like, well, what if? What might happen? <laughs> but I, lo- I think that's why I loved that, what you talked about with range. The first time I'd ever heard the concept of range was John Winland, as I said. And I love that there's there's conversations happening about that now because it's like, actually... He might love it. He might be like, oh, God, this is what I've been craving, This, this, these textures and these t- range, right?
0: Yeah. But, like, what if he doesn't like it? Yeah. I'm deadly serious. It's like, do we have to like everything about our partners? Ooh. And maybe that bit's not for him. Oh. But does it mean that you don't do it? Like, who are we here for? What are we here for? Mm. To be liked? Mm. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) it's wild to me what if he doesn't like it and so like I can't even you know like I'm shaking you with love right now yeah listening to this it's like just yeah yeah, good oh you don't like that so I'm hearing that okay my love I'm gonna take this over here because I fucking like me because I want to run my full spectrum because I'm alive because there's life force in me that wants to go and writhe around on the dirt I love you be back soon (laughs)
1: Yeah. 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 I I think it comes out in so many different ways. For me, a lot of people have conversations with me around spirituality, and they're like, you know, I I hold that part, hide that part of myself because what if he doesn't like it and it's not his thing? And I'm like, it doesn't have to be his thing. Yeah. It it doesn't mean that he's going to be like, I demand that you not do that. I demand you not go and writhe around in mud. (laughs) He Mm -hmm. might say, Can you have a shower when you get home? (laughs) Don't sit on the couch afterwards. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's a, that's an interesting conversation isn't it that's yeah. that's a really big piece and i think it holds people back in so many ways in so many areas of life that what will people think yeah especially yeah. sex because there's just so much you know there's stigma there's taboo there's shame mm. there's bullshit yeah. stories there's religious stuff there's oh, cult yes. stuff, family stuff mm-hmm.
0: mm. yeah and you know like let's be honest, being liked and accepted does feel linked to our survival, doesn't it? Yeah. we don't want to be kicked out of the tribe. We don't want to be kicked out of anything. So...
1: Kind of primal in a way. It's like inbuilt.
0: It's pretty inbuilt. But we are pretty safe now, the way that we live in this modern world. Like we have a lot of opportunities to play in ways that our ancestors didn't, you know, our grandparents and those before them. We have a lot of opportunity to like develop and evolve and heal and change
1: last night my partner said to my daughter do you want fried rice for dinner he had brought some fried rice home he'd been out and he brought it for her to have she likes fried rice and generally and he said do you want some fried rice and then she just said no and he and I looked at each other and I'm like part of me is kind of thrilled that she wasn't like, oh, okay, yeah, all right. Or that she wasn't like, oh, no, thank you so much, but actually, oh, I'm not really feeling like it. Like she was just like, no, she didn't want it. She answered and the question. Yeah, she just answered the question. And <laughs> and he's like looking at me like I need her to use some goddamn manners. And I'm like, yeah, no thanks, would have been great. But I'm like, but when we have been generation after generation of people pleasing. And and I said, babe, you've got to understand, especially as a woman, part of me is proud of that answer. Like, I get it. Yes, I want some manners for sure. But also I love that she just said, she answered the question. And I think that that's just, Plays out. It's it's just a little part of a huge conversation around. Totally. A yes and our fucking no.
0: That's it. Totally. And we go around. You go on social media for an hour these days, and someone's posting about no is a complete sentence. Yeah. You've seen that, right? Yeah. And it's like we come into adulthood, and we're trying to remind each other: no is a complete sentence. And so, for your daughter to rock up with no as a complete sentence, not maliciously, not nastily, not angrily but she just said no she answered a yes or no question with the answer no (laughs) that's all that happened and it was fucking perfect
1: right (laughs) (laughs) like I kind of wanted to high five her I'm like babe I'm like working with women now who want to be able to answer a question like that you know I'm like oh it's it's tricky yeah. because she's a little girl. We wanted to use her manners, and we wanted to blah blah blah. And I'm like, I, I got to fight that in myself. Yes. I'd be like, I'm not going to tell her off.
0: Totally Sorry. condition out. Can we condition the wild and the the wonderful out of our kids, like mm-hmm. so unconsciously? And this, you know, leads me to conversations about sex positive parenting as well, and like how to keep all of that intact for them without putting our shame and our requirements for what for good bad onto them yes we need to teach them how to be in the world in ways that are going to you know help them feel confident and safe and articulate and be heard and respected and powerful leaders all of that is true and we need to get out of the way in some moments and recognize like that they are whole and complete in ways that we don't even remember until we change them.
1: And that something that is a no can be a yes the next day (laughs) is so interesting because she loves fried rice. She just so, I was like, but you love fried rice, right? But it's like, well, she's not today, not today. She doesn't. And it's like, well, your bear is potentially going to say no to something that was a yes to your wild woman yesterday. And so just the, the yes, no permission piece is so huge. And then also consistency isn't required doesn't have if that's a no now, doesn't mean it's a no forever. <sighs>
0: <laughs> that's awesome.
1: Juicy, hey? Yeah. Really cool. So juicy. So I know you speak a lot about the the raising kids in a really sex positive way, which is really cool. So I highly recommend everyone to go and find you on Facebook and Instagram. Would that be the best places?
0: Yeah, Instagram, I hang out a lot more there. But yeah, Facebook, Instagram, the August McMama. Yeah,
1: because you so you you share a lot of um, all, all different kind of angles, I suppose. I really do appreciate the stuff around sex positive parenting. My daughter found a toy of mine recently Yes, and asked me what it was and I was like, oh, man, uh, seven, I don't know, seven? Do I tell you what this is? I'm not sure, man. And I remember you did a post about something similar happened with your son. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, oh, I'm so glad I had that in the back of my mind to go to.
0: Yeah, nice. Yeah, both of them just playing with the dildo. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> this is where finding your language for things is important and this is age-appropriate language without lying. Yeah. You don't need to say what you do with it and where you put it and, you know, explain what orgasms are. Yeah. But you can say, it's, it's I use it to connect with and massage my body. It feels really nice and I use that on my body.
1: Yeah. That's all. Yeah, it's the truth. Hey,
0: <laughs> tell them the truth.
1: Yeah, what a what a what a bizarre concept. <laughs> oh gosh, I love it. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thank oh, you. It's a pleasure. I'll drop some links. What's the name of your book? Yes, it's called Wild Honey. Oh, yes. How good is that? I will drop some links for everyone to go find Wild Honey and yeah. find you. And huge love. Thank you so much.